Okay, I think we have enough for a quorum here. Uh, yeah, so welcome everyone to the May uh, community governance call. Um, there was a lot of pretty interesting developments in the last month, uh, so it'll be fun running through them all right now and talk about where we've been, where we're going. Um, so I guess we'll start off uh, if somebody wants on the council wants to start off with a welcome and any Spartan council updates. Uh, I think maybe Danny. Yeah, needed a while to find the button. Thanks. All right, so yeah, the, the council has been busy, as you probably all noticed through, through various uh, announcements. I'm not going to go into into detailed overview of the SIPs and SCCPs that were voted in. Um, I think uh, it will be discussed in the, the later topics in more details. I, I would like to share uh, how we have improved general pro process in which the, the council works. So you might have seen, uh, I believe it was made public, the Trello board that we use to yeah, to share progress about the, the SIPs and SCPs. If not, I'll just put the link and break I front run, front front you. <laughs> okay, so uh, we use that uh, the, that board uh, in our weekly meetings with the core contributors, and I have to say it's a process that has been just uh, improving iteratively, and um, yeah, it's something that's working re really well. Uh, I, 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 from my perspective, we've never been as the council and as the community at, at large more involved into the transparency of what's going on and what what the core contributors are working on. And yeah, it's also reflected in a channel in Discord. So the, the progress when it gets, uh, for example, when it gets from proposed to ready for uh, presentation and, and voted in, etc. Okay, and uh, then regarding the SCPs, I think you've seen there were a bunch of SCPs about raising the, the loans, uh, the, the caps for loans. Uh, but the, the more interesting ones were about the, the wrapper, so the wrapper rollout and the various um, SCPs to increase the wrapper cap. You might have read in the announcement channels that there were a couple of uh, uh, arbitrages going on for the, the wrapper. And we are very proud to say that even though there was a lot of pushback, push back on, on rolling it out as we did. So in in a phased out approach that required a, a bit of overhead, we're very proud to say that uh, stakers really made a small fortune from it. I don't have the exact number, but I think it's something, I don't know, maybe someone can help me, but definitely more than 200 ETH. Yeah, thanks, Caleb, so 280 ETH, that's, let's say it's ballpark, it's like half of, of the total weekly snapshot uh, awards. So yeah, we're, we're quite proud of that. I think there will be a bit more arbing opportunity before we bring it all the way back to, to five bits, which would be a longer term solution and which would secure the, the peg long term. <coughs> Sorry. Okay, uh, in some other news, uh, the council has, um, has been given more, more power in, in various ways. We've gotten more moderation roles uh, in Discord, so you have seen that we are now writing announcements, but that's not something that's, uh, I guess, too, too important for the community. 
A more important thing is that we have gained control over a, a multi-sig wallet, which would have the, the bonds from the PDAO members. So I think this is a, a very big leap of trust also from PDAO members. And it's also a, a big step into decentralization. Uh, I think the SIP was already presented, not going to go into too much details, but basically it's kind of securing that, you know, the, the council can slash, uh, yeah, PDAO members in case of, yeah, in case of whatever won't happen, but it's really a, a way to secure trust. Okay. Um, we also had some, some meetings to establish, um, we, we were calling it council culture and it was an attempt to kind of secure that if the, the lineup changes of, of the council in the next epoch, so if not the same eight people would be voted in, it would be a very easy onboarding and the council as a whole would gain a, a, an identity per se. And we've gotten more acquainted with, with the core contributors in some uh, mixer meetings. So yeah, in general, there there's, was a huge improvement in, in communication. Okay, so I think that, that sums it up. Um, so next elections are, we, we have the SIP to uh, synchronize the epochs for council, uh, GDAO and, and ambassadors. So if voted in, which I would say it's it's likely, I guess, because it's uh, in the interest of, of the, the voters and also the, the members of those DAOs. So the next elections would be end of June and the next epoch would, would start in, in July, if, if I'm not mistaken. That's it. Were there any questions perhaps? I guess not. Back to you, Fifth, thanks. Cool. Thanks. Um, okay, so next, uh, Kane is going to give some uh, updates on the governance framework and some new SIPs there. Uh, Kane, if you want to jump on now. I think. Yeah, sorry, had to rejoin as a speaker. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of quick uh, governance updates um, from uh, the, the last month or so. Um, so there have been two SIPs implemented, um, SIP 124 and SIP 130. Um, SIP uh, 130 uh, basically established a new um, uh, workflow uh, to accommodate the fact that we now have the Spartan Council um, you know, heavily engaged in the, the SIP rollout process. Um, so basically it introduced some new states um, to ensure that uh, it's very clear to everyone in the community, core contributors, Spartan Council and, and you know, the wider community, uh, what the status of a SIP is. Um, and particularly to make sure that any community uh, driven SIPs are um, you know, being handled uh, in a timely fashion and, you know, being given uh, resources to ensure that they're, they're proceeding. Um, and then SIP 124 formalized the PDAO. Um, so, you know, for those of you who've been around for a while, you know, the PDAO has kind of existed as this semi-autonomous uh, organization within the core contributors. Um, but there wasn't any kind of formal structure of how someone was 
points into the PDAO, um, how they could be removed, etc. So the PDAO has now been um, formalized. We've got a, a structure around uh, which core contributors can be in the PDAO. And we've also introduced a bond for each PDAO signer um, of 10,000 SNX that's controlled uh, by the council um, to uh, create some alignment um, to ensure that PDAO members are, you know, participating in the PDAO, that, um, you know, they're, they're making sure that um, the things that the, the council uh, are, you know, pushing through are, are being uh, implemented on chain. Um, I think it's, it's been interesting, particularly watching uh, this rollout of the, um, of the ETH wrapper, uh, that I think we've got a much better alignment now uh, than we've ever had in terms of the, the council, the core contributors and the PDAO. Um, because, you know, I mentioned this yesterday on a call with the, the council, um, but it's probably worth repeating here. Had the core contributors been responsible for this rollout, many of them are on the PDAO. Um, there was quite a bit of overhead for the PDAO in doing the ETH wrapper rollout in this fashion. Um, and I'm fairly confident had, you know, we've been back in the, the bad old days of the benevolent dictator and core contributors making those calls, uh, that we would have rolled it out much more aggressively and not attempted to capture those fees for uh, token holders. Um, we probably would have taken the expedient path. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of alignment, it's it's pretty good indication of the fact that, you know, having this separation of powers and having the council, uh, you know, enforcing the optimal path uh, over maybe the expedient path or, you know, something that reduces overhead for the PDAO um, is, is a pretty good place to be. Um, so, you know, from my perspective, you know, governance is working and, and it's doing um, what we were hoping that it would. Um, and those separation of powers are, are you know, creating better alignment and better outcomes. So, um, you know, really impressed with the council and the fact that they stuck to their guns, even though some of us, including myself, were complaining about it. Um, but I think the, that we got the right outcome in the end, which is obviously what we're looking for. Um, final thing uh, that I'll mention is I'm working on another SIP, uh, which is kind of the, the last remaining component of the major governance changes of the, the legacy bodies, um, which will address the SDAO, um, some of the SDAO functions, and will look to um, ideally... Uh, make some changes to how the SDAO and the Treasury uh, are managed um, and, and, you know, remove some of the discretionary power around the SDAO. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. Hopefully that'll be ready in the next, you know, month or so. That's it. Cool. Thanks. Uh, okay, so next uh, we have uh, Jordan. He's going to give some updates uh, on stuff from the core contributor team. Uh, Jordan, I hand the floor over to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, so I'll start with the um, the core contributors themselves. So we've we've had a number of core contributors join the team and as a uh, as a way of helping us grow. So one of those is a thief. I do believe this is the first uh, call that uh, that you've been um, a core contributor. Um, we have also had uh, Anna join, who's helping in the uh, in the ops team. Uh, we also had Rafa join this week, who's uh, basically focusing on BD and products. 
Um, and if, particularly Anna and Rafa, if you're on the call, I'm happy for you guys to jump in and uh, just intro yourselves for, for 30 seconds um, and then I can, can kick back off again. No, maybe not. I'll continue. Um, you yeah, might be so... having trouble joining as a speaker. That's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I can, that's all right. Yeah, so, so uh, really happy to 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 kind of be uh, continuing to to build out the uh, the CCs. Um, also wanted to to give a shout out to Clinton and Garth who are taking some uh, much deserved time off after three plus years each as, uh, as CCs. So they've both been a, a really big part of um, where we are today um, and have, you know, obviously been uh, provided a, a big part of their, their lives. Um, and so, yeah, those those are both uh, a little quieter than usual, if, if anyone has been noticing. So they've, they've taken some time off. Um, looking forward to uh, to having them back at some point in the future. Um, and looking ahead in terms of uh, sort of, you know, adding uh, core contributors, we're still looking for a number of roles. Uh, we're looking for both Solidity and front-end engineers. Uh, we're looking for a senior designer. Um, so uh, Zoe continues to look for uh, some, some support there as well. And we're also looking for a growth marketer. Um, so those job descriptions have been placed in various places um, we can put them in in general as well um, and what we found in the past is that you know the, the best candidates usually come from uh, our own networks and so uh, what the SDAO is going to do is is kind of open um, that up a little bit and and offer a bounty for any successful candidates that come from community referrals um, so we'll offer 5k worth of SNX um, for any successful candidates that come from, from you guys. And um, and yeah, so if you want to ping either myself or Anna on Discord to, for, to clarify anything or, um, or to shoot through some leads, um, that would be awesome. We'll, we'll drop in the, the, the kind of the job descriptions um, in, in general as a follow-up. But, um, but yeah, looking for obviously, you know, great people to join a great team. Um, and then in terms of some uh, institutional uh, partnership stuff, we continue to get a lot of interest from various groups, um, mostly looking to participate on the supply side. So on the SNX staking side, um, you know, those conversations at various stages, um, many of them are really at the beginning stages of understanding how it all works, including how DeFi works. But it is interesting to see more of those types of um, uh, requests come in. Um, another thing that's sort of been happening on the upside is we've been cleaning up uh, as much as we can some of the data that we have across the ecosystem. So obviously we've been working uh, on our own, you know, stats uh, and internal data for a while, uh, making sure that it's uh, as clean and as accurate as possible. Um, and we're just spending a bit of time working on some external sources as well, you know, places like CMC, CoinGecko, uh, making sure that um, things like the SUSD circulating supply is accurate, making sure the yields uh, are captured, uh, let alone be accurate. Um, and, you know, the goal there is to really try to kind of 
capture people's attention, um, uh, especially crypto. So um, uh, I think there was a good array there to get um, some of that up and, and try it in front of people's um, uh, attention. So yeah, that's mostly it from the ops team. Great. Uh, thanks, Jordan. Um, so next up, uh, Justin is going to give some updates on some of the Layer 2 developments from the last month. Uh, Justin, if you want to oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for us is obviously um, been getting in uh, SIPS 117, 116, and 118. SIPS 118 was that we could do V-Reclamation conditionally, um, which means that uh, on L2, if we, uh, or council, or rather, decide that fee reclamation is not required, then it just gets skipped. The, if the parameter on chain is set to zero. And so we got that in and we got in um, SIP 117, which is basically the exchange functionality works on L2 now, uh, but there are no SIPs, uh, sorry, there are no SIPs to exchange. So we're really just waiting at this point on Chainlink um, and a big part of Chainlink are waiting on uh, optimism because uh, there's still some work ongoing with trying to get fees working on L2. Now, as many of you probably know, when you use L2 right now, you're paying zero gas of anything. Um, it's being basically subsidized uh, primarily uh, by the Optimism team, but that needs to, because it's going to come to an end. Um, what needs to, will happen is that uh, everyone will have to have ramp ETH that they've deposited on layer one, and it will be sent over to layer two. Um, and that will, they'll use that basically. People will use that whenever they mint or burn or claim. That, um, uh, that amount of even pretty small, the amount of amount we've required, because you know things are a lot cheaper on layer two. Um, but that's something that's coming up pretty soon. Uh, part of the complication, I think, for uh, optimism on this whole issue about gas, uh, gas estimation, is that when you do something on layer two, you actually need to pay two types of gas. Not only do you need to pay the execution gas that the sequencer is going to basically it's going to incentivize the sequence to the run, basically process your transactions. And uh, sorry, the background notes here. Let me jump away. Um, sorry, I was saying that there's two types of gas. So there's the gas you pay on L2, the execution gas that goes to the sequencer, but then there's also the gas that you, um, the roll up has to actually use uh, on L1. And that is basically dependent on the, the gas price of L1. So the, the summary of the transaction gets to be, has to be rolled up on L1 and someone has to pay for it. So all this is being sort of encoded into the gas estimate functionality on, on layer two, but it's, it's complex. And uh, I think even Vitalik put a suggestion of how to basically encode these two types of gas into one sort of piece of, of, of gas information, you know, which is you basically have the gas price and the gas limit. And it's like how to include um, the fact that we need to pay for both layer one and layer two at once. So anywho, that's all ongoing. Um, we're hoping that in the next few weeks that we'll, we'll have something ready for you. Um, but uh, you know, from pretty much from the synthetic end, things are mostly um, done, ready to go. Um, we're just uh, we're also doing a lot of testing of front running scenarios to see how low we can get the the fees on uh, layer two with no fee reclamation. So that's pretty exciting as well. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much just for layer two. Cool, thanks. Uh, any any questions on the layer two stuff before we move on from there? Okay, cool. Uh, so while we're on the topic of layer two, uh, 
uh, David G, do you want to give an update on short selling on layer two and how that's coming along? Sure. Yeah, thanks, Afif. Um, so, you know, as a protocol, I think one of the, the biggest uh, strategies for us is to get uh, leverage related things onto L2, right? Um, so far, um, you know, that's no one's really been able to do that on chain. And so I think Synthetics has a really unique and exciting opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, one of the ways we're obviously doing that is with shorts. The other is, is going to be with futures, which is kind of a separate um, conversation. Um, so for those of you who um, know how shorts work, like currently on L1, um, great. I'll just give a kind of quick overview for those who are unfamiliar. But basically, um, the way you would um, do a short is you would basically deposit um, like SUSD um, into the the uh, the Quinta DAP or wherever you're you're actually initiating the um, position, and then um, you basically draw it a loan, right? And that loan is currently can be in either SETH or SBTC. Um, we may add you know additional um, since in the future. For right now, it's just uh, you can short. SBTC or SETH, and then um, you basically get a loan in SETH or in SBTC. So that way, if the price of ETH or if the price of BTC goes down, um, when you go to repay your loan to get your collateral back that you deposited, um, you owe less than the loan that you took out, right? Because the price, you know, let's say simple example um, would be, you know, ETH at $5,000, um, ETH gets, you know, obviously it's kind of ironic today, but let's say ETH gets cut in half or whatever. Um, you you know would go to pay back um, a, a smaller amount than what you the loan that you took out for the the short position and then vice versa if the price of ETH went up then you would owe more back um, and then there's you know liquidation percentages like which is 120 percent and so um, you know what we really like about shorts is that it's it's truly a short right we we have this other mechanism of ISINs which um, were inverses right and so you know obviously those are um, also a way to kind of bet against um, uh, or to bet on price movements going down of a particular uh, asset. Uh, but we think that the shorts mechanism is, um, you know, a better mechanism. It's just uh, more like a traditional shorting. So um, we're very excited to get it on layer two. Um, as far as the status goes, you know, obviously we, um, one, of the, one of the major challenges um, of moving anything to layer two is you have to get the, con the contract, you're a little bit more restricted by the contract size limits. Um, so right now we're going through some, some exercises to, um, bring the size of the, the shorting contracts down. Um, you know, the shorting contracts were already pretty large. So um, those, uh, that area of the code base was already kind of near the limit on L1. And then on L2, you know, you even have a, a smaller contract size limit that you have to deal with. So um, that's one of the considerations. And then the other, um, a few other things we're looking at are like um, allowing for the ability to repay um, your loan using collateral, which is not something um, that we had before. And then, um, so, th so that would be new. Um, and then, you know, but the other, so in addition to the contract size limits, one of the other challenges that, you know, anyone building on layer two, um, building on optimism is, is going to face is um, like Justin was describing earlier, you have to be mindful of like the gas usage costs for the user, right? And so this is another thing. And we're actually going through the exercise right now of trying to set up some, some benchmarking, some tooling, so that as we make changes to L2 going forward, not just in shorts, but other areas as well, um, we can measure you know, the effect of uh, a code change against the gas, um, potential gas uh, that someone, a user will have to pay as they're using the product on L2. Because remember, you have to cover you know, the gas on L2 that goes to the sequencer, but then you also have to pay for um, validating the state of the chain right on L1. And so, um, 
you know, all of that stuff is is currently being worked on. Um, we're definitely like excited to roll out shorts. So hopefully that was like a, a I guess a brief overview of some of the things we're working through as we're trying to get um, shorts released. And then you know, obviously we we hope that in the future we can support more than just uh, SETH and SBTC um, in terms of shorting shorting since because you know obviously we'd we'd like to have in the in the long term um, parity with all the ISINs that we have because um, but just kind of moving them over to the shorting mechanism. But I guess, cool. you know, and, and oh, sorry, last thing to add there is just the reason we haven't done that yet is just because, you know, we're very cognizant of additional risk to the debt pool and to stakers. And so we just really want to be sure that as we introduce volatile assets, more volatile assets, that we are taking into account what's in the best interest of, of the stakers and, and the debt pool. Great. Thanks, David. Um, any any questions before we move on? No. Okay. Uh, David S, do you want to give an update on some of the data integration related things? Uh, David is here, but not a speaker. Oh, there he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, sure. So. In terms of doing analytics, uh, we brought on a new contributor, Dr. Ethereum, who's been absolutely crushing it. Uh, but there is a problem with the Chainlink data, and it's just been a lot going on. But uh, yesterday, I pinged uh, Johan from Chainlink, and uh, I'm going to sync him up with the Dune guy today after the meeting. And hopefully we can get that sorted out. And then we'll be sharing the new dashboard soon with the community for doing analytics data. There's already been a lot of work done on it. It just uh, needs some uh, rate updates uh, for the Chainlink aggregators. And then in terms of the, um, the subgraphs, uh, there's another contributor who I believe is in the meeting, um, Killerbyte, who's uh, been doing such a great job. He helped me together. Uh, he did a lot of the coding on it. We refactored the subgraphs. So the new subgraphs are being tested right now. They're not quite production ready, but um, the, the biggest difference is that we're gonna support, there's two big differences that are huge with the new subgraphs. One is uh, it'll support every network. So it'll support uh, mainnet, mainnet OVM, and then also Covan and Optimism Covan. So anybody building on synthetics can test their data a lot easier. And then the second biggest change is that all the Chainlink price data is now captured automatically. So we don't have to go in and update the subgraphs for every time there's a new feed, uh, which is huge. Um, so all of that should be coming out and uh, be in production over the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, a lot of changes coming on the data side, but everything's looking pretty good. Cool. Yeah, lots of awesome charts on the on the data analytics dashboard and on the main synthetics data dashboard. People should definitely check out. Uh, any any questions from the Audience, before we move on again. No? Okay. 
Um, so I think uh, Kane is going to give a quick update on synthetic futures uh, now. Kane, you want to jump back on as a speaker? Hey, um, yeah, I'll I'll step in and give an update uh, on Anton's behalf, which I'm sure he will deeply regret later. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the situation with futures is um, Anton's made quite a bit of progress um, in uh, ensuring that the code is refactored for L2. Um, so that's all all going along pretty well. It's a similar sort of process to what um, DG was talking about with shorts, just making sure that, um, you know, all the contract sizes and everything are, um, are handled. We do have one uh, sort of outstanding piece of R&D that we're looking into, um, which is basically the, uh, the shape of the funding rate curve. Um, so at the moment, the, the funding rate curve is fairly steep um, based on skew. Uh, and so we're, we're just looking at a few different ways that we can ensure that that funding rate um, curve is not too steep and also that the funding rate arbitrage uh, that we're expecting um, to ensure that the market is de-skewed um, can actually be captured. Um, so it's, you know, there's a little bit of tension between um, you know, ensuring that uh, funding rate ARB is as deterministic as possible and de-skewing the market. Um, and so we're just trying to balance those, those things. But that's kind of the last uh, aspect of, of the implementation that um, is a bit uncertain. So um, Anton and I are going to talk about that um, uh, later today, I believe, and um, ideally come up with, uh, with you know, uh, a plan to, uh, to make some changes to the existing implementation and document that in the SIP. Um, and then I think we're hoping um, to represent the SIP to the council, um, you know, maybe as soon as next week. So it's getting pretty close. Um, we're, we're pretty happy with where everything's up to, um, but you know, there's just that one little bit of uncertainty around uh, funding rates, the, the you know, funding rate curve and uh, some of the mechanisms around um, you know, ensuring that that funding rate is, is arbitrageable. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's really positive. Things are looking good. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for stepping in for Anton. Uh, any, any questions from the audience on futures? No? Okay. Uh, Andrew, do you want to give you, uh, an update on some of the debt hedging projects you've been working on? Sure. So for everyone who's familiar with the de-hedge pool, uh, that's a synthetic debt pool mirror. Uh, it basically simplifies the process of hedging your stake. So the debt that you mint um, from your, your staked position, your SUSD, um, will stay fixed at the US dollar, but the debt of the debt pool will fluctuate based on the fact that you're you know, acting as a counterparty for Ethereum, BTC, whatever the pool is composed of. Um, and this debt pool that de-hedge has uh, basically simplifies the process of hedging that debt by just putting your position into this pool um, and mimicking any of the synths. But with large positions, um, if they're contributed to this pool, uh, it actually compounds the issue because you'll have more and more synths you know, representing activity in the debt pool. So we've been working with the index co-op for an external uh, tool 
that's going to be uh, composed of nonsense, but that's going to replicate the activity in the most popular assets in the debt pool. And this should radically simplify uh, hedging for a lot of stakers. Um, and yeah, essentially just sort of, you know, be a, a tool that can live inside of the staking dashboard, um, can be easily accessed. And yeah, just kind of simplify the overall process of managing your debt. Um, so that's been passed. We've actually got it through the index co-op um, governance process and it's in the implementation stage now. Um, so hopefully we'll have some announcements coming out soon about this debt tool coming live. Great. Thanks, Andrew. Um, any questions on that before we move on to GrantsDAO stuff? All right. Hi, guys. Uh, I'll Grants follow Dow. up here. Uh, all right. So uh, the GrantsDAO has been uh, quite busy with a number of initiatives and, uh, and uh, proposals. Uh, I'll just follow up with some of these. So we are working on a GrantsDAO site right now, uh, which is basically going to present the grants DAO, its treasury, uh, grants, initiatives, and uh, also provide uh, an easy grant application form for anyone to fill in. Uh, this site is right now uh, in progress. Uh, I see CT has already shared a link. Uh, there's also uh, some work on a smart contract behind the site that will handle the proposals payment workflow. And we're pretty much uh, excited to have this up and running very soon. We're totally in love with the, with the design. I hope you guys like that. Uh, there's another site that we're working on uh, together with ambassadors. That is the ambassador site. Uh, the initial functionality is live at syntheticsembassy.io. Uh, the basic purpose of this site is basically to offer Synthetics community members to delegate their third party voting weights to our ambassadors, who will then align uh, with the best interest of Synthetics in, in the way they vote. Uh, right now, we are supporting uh, Uniswap, Compound, Aave, Radical, and Pool Together, for which delegation is already active. Uh, there's further development on presenting the ambassadors and their foreign policy, uh, detailing uh, you know, the interests in the ecosystem, uh, ambassadors' voting history, as well as uh, uh, as well as we want to have a meta governance page that will link uh, various snapshot proposals for uh, for uh, other projects that we may be integrated with or have interest with, and you know how we all should vote. So uh, there's quite a lot of additional work to be done on this side as well. Uh, last site that we are working on that's currently in the design phase that is the Spartan Council site. Uh, the general purpose of this site will be to present what the council is, the election process, uh, proposal snapshots, uh, Spartan Council uh, voting history, and there should also be a new UI for submitting proposals uh, that is to come eventually. Uh, you may have picked up on another site that we have done recently that was uh, the Stonk uh, swap site. Uh, it was a meme site. That was launched a couple of weeks back. Uh, after some discussion with the community, we sort of decided to pivot away from the meme design and to redesign it to design similar to the upcoming GDAO site uh, and also add all the additional new synthetic stocks to this site. Uh, that site should uh, you know, have a more serious look and we're hoping that might attract uh, a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, new retail, maybe, to synthetics. Uh, we are 
considering whether this site should serve only as a marketing gateway to Quenta or whether we should also add some swap out capabilities. Currently, it only supports swap in to synth capability. So that we are still uh, considering. Uh, we have also recently finished the meme contest. Uh, there were over 100 submissions and we picked some winners. Feel free to check those out on Twitter at Synthetics Memes. We have also recently received an, uh, an application for a grant that we have approved uh, from a community member to update the Synthetics docs. Uh, basically, the documentation is quite uh, backdated, uh, not really up to date with everything that's going on. Uh, he started work this week already, and he will continue to be updating the docs to be in line with all the upcoming L2 phases as they get rolled out. Uh, this person Can is also... Can you in contact with me? <laughs> yeah. I want, yeah, that would be good. I, I, I haven't been following this so much, but I, I tend to have a lot of opinions on the docs. Thank you. All right. Cool. Uh, this person will also uh, take over the management of the uh, Discord FAQ bot that is pretty widely used and that hasn't been updated for quite some time uh, as we're all busy, especially Daniel as well. Uh, and he's done awesome work with, that, with setting up that bot. So this person will take over the management of that content as he also updates the docs. It sort of makes sense that it's the same person. Uh, another initiative that we have uh, going on right now is um, uh, more to the marketing side. So we we received three grand applications for an explainer video on you know what synthetics is and and, and you know the general aspects of synthetics. And also um, uh, this explainer video will uh, will explain how to swap into stonks with our upcoming redesigned Stonks website. So this will be targeting new, new users, uh, and we hope that brings some volumes eventually. We picked one applicant to proceed with a storyboard already, and he will obviously follow up to complete the explainer video as we launch our revamped Stonks website. Uh, currently, there's also uh, an open DeFi hackathon ongoing where we posted five bounties. Uh, we received 33 applicants, so we're quite excited to see what they will build out. Uh, there will be some Twitter bots, uh, a synthetics lottery, uh, a Spartan NFT game, and maybe some NFT badges as well. So really looking forward to see uh, you know, what comes out of there. Speaking about depth hedging, uh, there was also another uh, grant proposal for a Coinbase hedging bot. So. Uh, this was approved and this is in process. Uh, this bot should basically allow you to run a debt heading strategy on, on your Coinbase account that would rebalance your capital to be as close as it can to the global debt pool uh, with available assets on Coinbase. Uh, of course, the advantage of this is that this will allow all the rebalances to be gasless, uh, should allow also for higher periodicity uh, and uh, you know, potentially this could also be used on other centralized exchanges as well. Uh, and of course, it also helps uh, that it does not compound our debt. So looking forward to this uh, being released as well. Uh, lastly, I can touch up on uh, another uh, cooperation we're doing with the ambassadors. Uh, we've been approached by them to help out with configuring two uh, 
AIPs for enabling uh, SUSD as collateral and SUSD liquidity mining on Aave. Uh, we initially wanted to work out uh, work on this with an external developer, but uh, we parted ways. Uh, eventually, Andy took over this and uh, completed necessary research. Uh, some work was put on hold uh, until some system upgrades were complete, but that has now been resumed. So we're hoping to get that up uh, in in the coming days or weeks. Uh, I'd say this concludes the list of my highlights. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Uh, if not, I will pass the word over to the ambassadors. Uh, I suppose Mili can give you maybe a little more details on the Aave AIPs and other ambassador highlights. So, awesome, thanks. Lots of great stuff in there. Um, is is Mili on? Is he giving the ambassadors update? There we go. Hey guys. Uh, so yeah, actually a lot has happened in the since our last governance call with the ambassadors. Um, big uh, shout out to Andy and the GDAO. They really were pretty uh, helpful on the, the whole process. Like without them, probably wouldn't have got so, as much work done as we did. Uh, so first off, the ambassador multisig is actually live, and the UI as um, was posted earlier. I can post it again. So we actually, before the UI even went live, um, we actually were able to get a lot of success just through Twitter um, from the synthetics community to delegate a lot of Aave votes, enough so that we actually have enough to actually submit proposals on Aave um, on our own. So I think that's a really big milestone. Uh, big shout out to the community. Uh, couldn't do it without them. So I think the ambassadors itself, like the whole initiative so far is been a huge testament to like how strong the synthetics community really is. Um, yeah, so alongside the the GDAO, we have a couple of things going on. So we have two AIPs that um, we're initially interested in um, pursuing. However, we put one of them on hold, uh, and that's the SUSDS collateral on Aave, just because. Um, I guess till now I haven't fully really appreciated how long our downtime is for system updates. And like just given the volatility of how the markets are, uh, and just based on like what the Aave team has communicated, I think at this point we're not ready to, I think if the Aave community probably wouldn't support us uh, enabling SUSD as collateral. So we put, kind of put that one in the backseat for now. Um, until maybe in the future where we could um, where where our sins are a little more composable with other protocols because we don't really want to push forth a proposal that could be like deemed malicious in some way. Um, however, we we did receive um, positive feedback on the adding SUSD as uh, for the liquidity mining in Aave. They did indicate that they would prefer to wait until um, until the next epoch. However, I'm not sure if um, if that's like the, what the community wants. Anyhow, we hadn't really been in a rush on it because I was really interested to see how the ETH wrapper would 
affect the peg um because that's a huge part of the of, of the whole picture because i'm pretty sure the obvious liquidity mining would put a lot of pressure on the peg and with the success of the eth wrapper we could really go forward with this and i was actually really excited to uh, see how well the eth wrapper actually works till now and i think it, it opens up a lot of doors to how our sins could be used in the future so that's a that's a big one and i think we're in like the later stages of rolling out that AIP. Uh, hopefully we get a little more communication from the Avi team or from the Avi community on a lot of these because now that we have this proposal power, we probably sh should have like some sort of open channel of communication just to speed things up so we don't have to um, maybe do research or go do work on, on an initiative that, doesn't, that maybe doesn't align with their incentives fully. Um, so far we have voted on two um, Proposals for Ave. Uh, I'll link the article which Farma uh, kindly wrote for us, explaining how and what we um, like, why we voted for these proposals and why we supported them. Um, in terms of the ambassador side, we really want to integrate all this stuff, this information, into the ambassador side, which is what we're doing with the grant side right now, so that. People don't have to like uh, go through Discord and, and, and look through all our conversations to find what's going on, where they could access all of our, stay up to date on all of our news right from the, um, the Synthetics Embassy site. We're also working on um, creating what, uh, what, what Farmer called a charter, just basically uh, outlining like in, what we like what our overall stance is just to give ease to people who would, who would be willing to delegate or, or want to delegate to us um so they know exactly what they're voting for like what what our views overall views are what our uh, mandate is and what we're going to be pursuing so did they did, so when people delegate to us sometimes it could be significant amounts they would want to know exactly what they're getting into if, especially if they want to delegate instead of forget like and they don't want to have to come back and withdraw it or stay up to date on all the little stuff that we vote on. So uh, we are, we're just working on getting all that stuff out. Uh, hopefully be ready soon. Um, we have a couple other things going on in the background with uh, Compound. Uh, Compound's a little easier to um, send proposals over because it has a, like, a long history of community proposals and uh, of, of CIPs that have been passed and implemented and, and temperature checked. So there's a pretty rich community there to uh, reach out to. And there's been a lot of dialogue on uh, integrating uh, since. And um, <clears throat> at this point, we're most likely gonna wait for the Chainlake uh, Oracle uh, CIP to pass. There's, um, there's been a proposal that's been in the works for quite a while now to introduce Chainlake or Oracles grounded by a, a Uniswap price feed um, for different collaterals so that they can diversify the what they can support at this point I think it's still in the testing phases but it should be I guess I think it's one of those a proposal that is kind of a priority for them so as soon as they uh, release that one open a lot of doors on what we could do um, and I, so that brings me back to actually something I want to ask the, of the core contributors if 
if, up until now, I had a, I assumed that the composability of synths was, was probably like already being considered in the V3 implementation of, of the code base. I just wanted to throw this out that like, if it is, or if it has been considered, uh, making sense of making sense since are always uh transferable so there's no really no downtime because uh there's actually another initiative that we, we would want that we were interested in pursuing which would be to find ways that uh our equity sense could be borrowable and tradable after hours there already uh is a small bit of liquidity for them on balancer but we, we want to look into ways that we can um enhance that experience. So just the uh, composability there will be a huge uh, factor. So yeah, I guess- just, just to chime in just quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely for V3, we want upgrades to be atomic. Um, so there won't be any of that downtime, right? Because if you do it in one transaction, the upgrade, then it's fine. Right now, unfortunately, our architecture is so co complex that even if we were to try to do it in one transaction, we'd hit the gas limit, right? That's part of one of the things we have. But yes, so yes, for V3, we're not. Uh, we're pretty pretty confident that we can avoid having any um, system upgrade downtime. <clears throat> the one thing you might still have though on V3 on L1 is still fee reclamation, which means then those things are not transferable when there's fee reclamation ongoing. Which I don't know if that's part of the concern with something like Aave. Um, I don't see why it would. It's only for someone who's exchanged, right? Rather than some some sitting inside a contract. But I'm gonna call out. If I can chime in for a second, I think their their main issue is that during downtime they won't be able to liquidate at all. So it's a big risk for them if someone has a risky loan and yeah. it goes insolvent during our downtime that they're just left holding the bag. Yeah. So figure recommendation then should be a problem. It's just the it's just the system upgrades. Yeah. We're, yeah, we are working on the litter there, um, but for atomic upgrades, it's going to link with V3. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, that was one of the, um, that's one of the, the main things. And I, I think I'm under assumption that for borrowing and, and, and lending probably shouldn't be an, an issue for fee reclamation. That's my uh, some, somewhat educated guess. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, what I was going to say. If any of the other ambassadors want to chime in. No. OK. Uh, any, any other questions from anybody? OK. Uh, so Farmwell is going to give us uh, a special update. On uh, on some binary option stuff. Hey, uh, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, thanks for everyone's time. Um, so today, I'm uh, extremely, extremely happy and thrilled. Been smiling all day um, to share with you guys that uh, Daniel and I have secured seed funding from the Synthetic Style for uh, for Thales, which is a binary options trading platform. Uh, supporting the binary options products through their whole trading lifecycle. So last 
July, I believe it was, uh, when the binary options launched. Um, there's great volume, but the uh, the contracts themselves were pretty liquid um, after the bidding phase, but before the expiry phase. So, uh, so what they at least will do is we'll implement um, decentralized order books for swapping binary options positions. Uh, and so, yeah, um, decided to take on this challenge with with Daniel. Um, I approached him last, like towards the end of last year. Uh, and we're kind of both in an enterprise software related positions. Um, and we knew that the synthetic team was kind of, uh, yeah, looking to focus on, on the core aspects of the protocol and, and kind of find a, an external team to give the, the binary options them uh, some love and care. So, um, so yeah, we think that there's, you know, there's an incredible decentralized architecture already in place uh, with Chainlink. And we've already met with Chainlink about, um, yeah, not only the uh, price feeds for the binary options, but also for uh, for customized binary options. So, um, yeah, one thing that Daniel and I uh, thought was really exciting uh, when we were talking about this project was um, was the idea of customized uh, binary options, right? So. So then you so you kind of have any arbitrary input of of data and and be able to settle um, a contract based on what the data input is. Um, and so so we think that uh, yeah that there there's some really kind of amazing market opportunities um, to explore between not only the binary options for for synths and for uh, SBGC and SE and SDFI and SCFI. Um, and oil and, and all these commodities and uh, the, the, really the growing list of, um, of equity sense, but also, uh, yeah, we think we might be able to achieve differentiation with uh, some of the, com the, the, the customized binary options. Um, and, and we have some ideas for how we can resolve these uh, markets in um, a relatively low trust way or even completely trustless. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Um, so kind of probably a good place to kind of stay tuned for details. Uh, and then one, one major, uh, one of the early accomplishments from, from Daniel um, is that he might need a new uh, nickname aside from Botmaster um, because he reworked the binary options contracts and uh, yeah, reduced the, the cost to create a market by 5.5x um, in ETH gas terms. So, as the MVP, we'll be launching on ETH um, L1. This is obviously huge. I mean, it makes it significantly lower cost to uh, spin up a market. So we're really excited about that. Um, yeah, and so we've already had our team kind of just bloom into six complete total rock stars so far. Uh, and the newest one, to join the the Thales crew is uh, D Monkey. So D Monkey is um, he's a fellow Synthetics community member, and yeah, he'll be supporting some of our some of our outreach and uh, and marketing. So um, yeah, D Monkey has been amazing so far. We're really really thrilled to uh, be on the journey with him. Um, and then yeah, just kind of uh, as a last note. Um, there will be significant amounts of information um, about our project that will be 
uh, forthcoming um, really, really like within hours and days, right? Um, so, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, one, one thing I want to address is that um, as part of the synthetic styles investment in dailies, um, there will be uh, retroactive tokens that are uh, claimable for synthetic stakers. So if you've been staking, uh, you will have a, a share in um, the dailies project. So, and if you're not staking, that this might be a good incentive to start staking. Um, and yeah, so definitely uh, make sure to throw uh, Jordan and Kane um, kind of a big thanks because uh, yeah, they they're amazing and, and kind of um, going going through the process with Daniel and I uh, and and making sure that we all kind of had interests that were on the same page and aligned. Um, and so, yeah, keep an eye out for announcements about the project uh, and the MVP, and um, definitely join uh, the Daily's Discord. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Well done, Sam. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, any questions for Farmwell from the audience? Anybody? Okay. Um, last but not least, um, Kane is going to say a few words about some uh, some hopium that you may have read about on the Synthetics blog recently. <laughs> I didn't realize this was uh, <laughs> this was part of the agenda, but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you read the post, um, it goes into a, a lot of detail around a number of things that we're working on, um, a couple of which have already been mentioned um, on, uh, on the call. Um, so probably the, I, I think the key thing that's worth calling out is this shift um, that we're considering um, in terms of the organization of the core contributors into kind of two distinct uh, uh, groups. Um, you know, one working on uh, the V3 R&D um, to, uh, to give everyone enough time to, you know, really drill into that and make sure that we deliver something, um, you know, later in the year that is going to solve a lot of the, the longstanding issues, um, a couple of which have already come up on this call. Um, and then, uh, you know, the V2X uh, thread, which is, you know, closing out, um, a number of, uh, aspects of, you know, existing functionality like futures, shorting, et cetera, on L2, um, you know, obviously a pretty critical one is the, the debt pool merge across L1 and L2. Um, so I think this approach was taken, um, maybe almost three years ago now by, uh, the, the EF in terms of how they organized, um, you know, E2, splitting out separate teams, et cetera. And, and I think that it worked really well. And I think that it helped everyone in the, in the community to really understand what the priorities were um, and, and to make a, a really clear distinction between who was working on what aspect of Ethereum. Um, so, you know, we're going to take that approach, hopefully. Um, I don't know exactly what the, the kind of governance process is to, to get this kicked off. Um, I think it's probably going to be uh, a communication, you know, between the core contributors and the Spartan Council, um, you know, around prioritization. Um, but, you know, there isn't necessarily something within the governance framework to, to kind of, uh, you know, lock that down. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty 
bullish on uh, on how this is going to work out, and I think it's going to put us in a really good place. So, you know, we've got to finish the V V two X functionality, um, and hopefully that'll be done you know towards the middle of the year. Um, but then, you know, obviously there's a lot of really cool stuff in V three that we want to make sure that we spend time on and and you know um, get right the first time rather than trying to rush it. Um, so that that was kind of the main aspect, I guess. Um, there was some discussion around a number of projects, including Thales and Lyra um, and Quenta and, and a number of other uh, things um, that that are coming up, which I think people are excited for. So, um, you know, we as an ecosystem, you know, as a community, I think uh, there's a lot of people who are working on a lot of, uh, a lot of really interesting projects. And, you know, we want to make sure that um, those projects that emerge, you know, including X token and this, obviously, um, you know, that the SDAO is supporting them and we make sure that there's some, um, you know, longer term alignment between SNX holders and, and those projects that do come out of the synthetics community. Um, so I think, you know, from the SDAO's perspective, that's something that uh, is, is really important. And, you know, we want to continue to, um, to make sure that we're capturing value for SNX holders for things that are, um, you know, coming out of uh, the synthetics community. So, um, you know, I think that's going well and, and, you know, I'm pretty excited for some of these launches coming up. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty fun, uh, next two to three months. Great. Okay. Well, I think that, uh, wraps it up. I think we can open it up, uh, for any questions if anybody has any. Um, If not, uh, thanks everyone for coming, and uh, I guess we'll see you next month. Thanks, team. Thanks, everyone. Wait, uh, Fave, oh. there. So Nikita was asking to to speak. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't see that. I haven't. Yeah, go for it. I'm not sure how to go out. I think if someone raises their hand, you can promote them to a speaker. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I can see the request, but I can't. Yeah. Anyway. If he comes up, cool. If not, we can wrap it up. Guess not. All right, Afif, you've been amazing. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Afif.